Galatians chapter 5, the works of the flesh, every one of them are self-promotion. But you look at the spirit, the spiritual fruit there in Galatians chapter 5, and everything is, is not about you. Yeah. It's about surrendering yourself right. to Christ and others. Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from LFBI and across the Living Faith Fellowship. And uh, we are just wrapping up uh, what's been a wonderful week at the Mission Focus Conference, which is Living Faith Fellowship's annual missions conference. And, and churches come in from all over the U.S., missionaries come in from, from overseas, and they come and hang out, and we have a really good time. And one of my very favorite things about this time of year is getting to hang out with the pastors and missionaries that I love and are my good friends. And, and we don't get to talk as often as we like, but, but at the conference, we get to spend time together and hang out. And uh, with that, I want to introduce you to one of my very favorite pastors uh, whom I just enjoy. I enjoy his company. I love chatting with him, but he's got such an incredible heart for his church and for the flock and for the mission of God. And so uh, with that, I want to introduce you to Pastor Randy Copeland of Pleasant Grove, Baptist Church in Moulton, Alabama. And uh, he's here to talk about uh, spiritual authority. And we're going to talk about what, what it means uh, to understand headship and authority in the church and what it means for uh, pastors and for uh, the church members to be accountable to one another and to, to submit to one another ultimately. And so with that, I want to welcome Pastor Randy onto Thanks. the show, man. I appreciate it, Brandon. It's a joy to be here. I always love coming to Kansas City and wear my short sleeve shirts and <laughs> you know look like I just flew in from Alabama. <laughs> so so okay so at your church you're yeah. a suit guy. Yeah, I, I I wear a suit on Sunday morning, okay. but that's the only time I wear a suit. I just talked to the church about that the other day. Yeah, just I, I, because I like wearing suits. Yeah. It's not like a tradition thing sure. with me, or maybe it is, and I just don't even know it. But yeah, it's I. I and then plus, when am I going to wear it? I mean, I got a closet full of suits. When am I going to wear them you if I don't wear them to church? Money. You yeah, know? Right? Exactly. It's money going to waste. Yeah, that's a good. And point. I'm not feeding malls. That's not what I went into the ministry <laughs> for. <laughs> so, do, do you, when you come here, do you think we're like particularly casual, or is it? Um, not not really. No. Um, uh, most of the church folks back home, they you know wear blue jeans and stuff like that. So I'm I'm really over. Dressed from everybody <laughs> in the entire except, congregation, except today. Yeah, no, yeah. This I'm is. Good. I, I'm glad that you feel comfortable here on the show. Yeah. You can come. You got your short sleeve T-shirt yeah. on. Yeah, it's like 60 degrees. Well, outside. and that's really what I was talking about. The unusual weather. Usually, you know, I've got a, a coat on or something like this. I'm yeah, kind yeah. of pull it's, over or whatever. We've had snow at the conference every year. Yes, we talked For about that before few, we left. And now yeah. it's it's literally it's sixty degrees. It outside feels right great. Now. Yeah. So it I'm feels like being at home. Yeah. Yes. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you can take it easy. And with that's us. in more ways than one than just the weather. I feel at home here, bro. Yeah. We love you, man. We I love, love you guys. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's been so good to have you. You guys faithfully come here every year. Yeah, uh, I think we missed one year, and I think that had, that was COVID related. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, we love coming here got a great group of people. This is the largest group we brought. I think we got like 17 or 18, including myself this year. Um, young people. Drove 10 hours yeah. up here. Yeah. Young college. Got like four or five adults. The Super rest are college engaged. And high school students. We just did a, a session this yeah. morning on evangelism. Yeah. And they were, your group was all sitting in the front row taking yeah, notes faithfully. They were, they were loving it. So it was a good time. Yeah. It's really cool because of what God has done through, um, mission focus in, in past years. Um, our, we have a student pastor now, mm. Austin Dutton, mm -hmm. and I know you know him very well. And, and he surrendered to the call of ministry at mission focus yeah, praise the Lord. years back, uh, went back, quit his nursing job. He was very, very good job. He quit that to go into the ministry, become our student pastor. Is doing a great job. That's bled into the lives, as you know, through discipleship, mentorship, mm -hmm. and um, he's led a great group of students out here. And they have just started a a small group Bible study on our a community college that is right up the road from Moulton in Decatur, Alabama, Calhoun Community College, the largest community college in Alabama. Wow. And uh, they God put it on their heart. So it wasn't like Austin started. It was like he, the people he's been discipling, pouring his life into that's come out with us. 
uh, that's learned Discovery Bible Method. Now they're taking that onto the college campus. So I'm super, super, super excited about these guys and just about Austin and just what God's done. Yeah. And, and, and we can trace it back to what God's done Man. through Mission Focus. Yeah, praise God. All of that. So that's really cool. Well, I'm I'm excited uh, um, for for you guys. I'm excited for the work. It's yeah. it's clear that that there is revival happening in the hearts of the young people at your church. Yeah, for t- sure. Tell us a little bit about Pleasant Grove. Where are you guys at? How yeah. long you been there? What you know? What are you what are you all up to? And then um, yeah. and then we'll talk about the topic a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I I came to Pleasant Grove. I was sent out of Decatur Baptist Church, ordained there, served on staff for seven years, pastored mm-hmm. a church in Kentucky for two years, and in 2013, I came to Pleasant Grove in Moulton, Alabama. It's a small town, about 25 minutes out from where Joe McKegg, Decatur Baptist Church is. Yeah. Um, we're a rural community, small community, 3,500 people. And there was a great work that was already started years past. Our church is almost 170 years old. And uh, it's a church plant and not a church split. So I'm mm. very, very happy about that and proud about that. And, um, man, we're just trying to live the Great Commission out and do the best that we can. Uh, some of what, you know, I just talked about with Austin and the student uh, ministry is, is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, him leading our, our evangelism team and really ministry in our church and everything. So uh, I've been there, like I said, for t- in September will be 10 years. And um, we're, we're discipling, um, getting committed to the Word of God, supporting missions greater than we ever have before. And mm-hmm. um, man, cool. yeah, just just glad to just hold on to God and see what else He does. That's wonderful. Yeah. How did you come to faith? How did you come to, to follow Christ? Like, what, what's the story of, of <sighs> salvation? Man, I love to tell my story. Because it's mine, just like you like to tell yours. Sure. I, I think every Christian loves to tell their story. They should, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, but my story is not real unique. Um, uh, I, I was raised in a Christian home, and my mom was a, a very strong Christian. And um, when I was seven, I made a profession of faith in Christ. I really did not understand the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, my my aunt was a Jesus freak. It, oh yeah, back in the seventies, like the hippie showing the my Jesus age. Movement. Oh gosh, yes. Now she's a great woman. I love her to death. Yeah. And um, one night we went over to my my aunt's house and and she told us all about all the wonderful things about hell, you know. And so if you don't receive Christ, you're going to go to hell. You know, I was seven years old, and I was like, man, hey, Whoa. I want to go to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and so I did. And I, I, I made a profession of faith then. I got baptized um, a month later. Mm-hmm. But my concept at that time and going forward was a salvation by works. That wasn't what I was taught necessarily. That's just what my little brain. It's what your flesh tells you. Picked up makes on. the most sense. Exactly. Yeah. So up until the age of thirteen, I really focused on doing what was right. And man, when I didn't do what was right. It, it killed me. It crushed me. Hmm. And and I and I mean I'm I'm going to Baptist church that preaches salvation by grace through faith alone and, hmm. and eternal security, but I'm not picking up on that stuff. And so at 13, I came to the point to where I really realized I can't do this. And honestly, I don't want to do it. I, I had very few friends trying to be that Christian kid and do everything right, and um, I gave up. I, I audibly prayed and told told God, I, if this is what Christianity is, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. Wow. I'll never follow you again. Man. And that really sent me down a, a, a really steep slide into self and self-discovery, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I tried um, drugs for the first time when I was 13. I got drunk for the first time when I was 14. And I, and I just, you know, to make a long story short, that just took me to the time I was 20 years old. I was a drug addict and an alcoholic. And um, out of school, you know, now I'm out there in the world, as the world says, I'm trying to find myself. Yeah. And I found myself. And what I found was absolute ruin and mm. horrific. That that all culminated in me getting arrested four times in four years for driving under the influence of alcohol. Wow. And um, that's a blessing in and of itself. I didn't see it then, but I see it now because I could have got arrested and be in prison today for a lot worse stuff. And mm-hmm. And uh, when I was in jail the fourth time, I um, I gave my life to Christ. 
and all all the things that I'd heard from vacation Bible school and from preaching and Sunday school and everything, I knew the gospel. I just was not going to submit to it. Right. And so finally, I when I was broken and I had no and I, I was left with nothing but myself, and all of that that I realize now that it was. Man, I knew I needed to turn to Christ, and so I completely gave my life to Christ in April of 1995 in Decatur City Jail, and uh, no one else. Uh, well, I was in the I was in a pop cell with about 50 men, so there Jeez. was a lot of people there, but nobody knew what was going right. on. Yeah. So unlike was having Bible devotions and stuff in jail, people ask me that all the time. Oh, did you pray with the preacher? They can't. Right. Heck no. Yeah. Man, it was just me, myself, and I, and Jesus, and a bunch know. of stinky dudes, and a bunch of stinky dudes, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And so um, I immediately started reading my Bible and, and praying, and, um, and and I knew what to do. And but I, now I'd just given myself to it. Yeah. And uh, I spent forty two days in jail after I got saved. And uh, when I got out, I man, I started going to Decatur Baptist Church. Got discipled by Rex Terry, who's the worship pastor I didn't there. Know that. Yeah, yeah, Rex is awesome. Oh man, he's my mentor, my 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 father in the faith. I wow. love that guy. And he's my best man in my wedding. He's my best friend today, and um, it means the world to me. That's great. And uh, he taught me through the Word of God, and that's what's so cool is he took me to the Bible to show me how God was not through with me. Mm. Because when I got out of jail and started going to church, man, I I was afraid to go. Number one, I was afraid to go because I was afraid I'd meet people I used to drink with. Mm, yeah. right. <laughs> you know, in the South, in the Bible Belt, it, we, we like to go to church, but we don't like to live for Christ right. <laughs> outside of Sunday. What they say? Uh, yeah. Party on Saturday, exactly. church on Sunday That's or exactly yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah. then the second thing is I didn't think I'd be accepted, and and I didn't think that I was having a hard time accepting myself, and I and I and I in this new role that I was trying to give my life to Christ. You assumed you'd be an outsider it, it, from yeah. the from the get go. Yeah. But I've met a church uh, full of people who love to go to church, who love to study God's word, and I met a man who took the Bible and showed me that God had a plan and a reason for me. Uh, and that my life was not over. It was just beginning. Mm -hmm. And so he took me by the hand, and then eventually I was called on staff there. And it was in Discipleship One where God called me to preach. Mm. And uh, I was studying the lesson on prayer. Remember it like, man, like nothing before. I, I, I mean, I, I, I will never forget. I was in my mom and dad's house. Now, I had, uh, I would, I, I had a felony conviction on me and, uh -huh. uh, from that fourth DUI. And so I was 25 when I got saved and arrested the last time. So I was put on five years of probation. I couldn't okay. drive a car for five years. And so I went and got a, a Bible degree, got an associate's degree at that community college up the road and um, never drove. Mm. I never drove to, I never drove one day of, to, to school and college. You were ready to obey. You were, you were done with the wild. I, I, was, I was so ready uh, to let somebody else have control of my life because, man, I'm sorry. It's all right. Because me being in control ruined my life. Yeah. And I was so ready to give up control. The most liberating day of my entire life was the day that I surrendered and submitted my life to Jesus Christ. That was the greatest day of my life. And uh, I'll never forget it. Yeah. And... uh I can remember it like it's yesterday when God called me into the ministry. And it kind of goes into our, our our topic today. Yeah. I knew God was dealing with my heart, but I did not have a word from the Lord in His Word mm -hmm. where, hey, this is Randy, I, I want you to preach my word in a full-time capacity and in a local church. I, I want you to lead my people, so to speak. And mm -hmm. And so I was studying the lesson on prayer getting ready for discipleship to meet with my discipler. And uh, Psalm 37, 3, 4, and 5, I ran across that in the lesson. And uh, God just nailed me, man. I was not trusting in Him. I was not delighting in Him. And I was not ready to commit to Him. And that was my problem. And the whole problem was that I was just not willing to submit to what His Word was already telling me. And so... I immediately got under conviction. I crawled under the, the dining room table at my mom and dad's house, and I just surrendered. I submitted to God's Word, and I said, Lord, I trust you. 
I'm going to delight in your word, and I'm committing right now to whatever, whenever, wherever, yeah. Yeah. and just do with me whatever you want. And I know that that's to go into the ministry. And, you know, I was wondering, uh, gosh, if I go into ministry, am I a failure? I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to hurt people, you know, just all kinds of fleshly things. Right. And it all came d- down to trusting and doing good, delighting and, and committing. And then he was going to bring everything else to pass. And yeah. So I met with my disciple, and he took me to First Timothy chapter 3, and he says, man, you're desiring a good thing. You're desiring what God says is a good thing. Man, yeah. don't be afraid of that. Right. And yeah, that's good advice. When I, I'd read that in the Word of God, I'd read the New Testament several times to that point. But when my disciple showed me that, and now I'm held accountable because I've just told him I'm surrendering my life to Christ to go into full-time ministry, whatever you want to call it. Now I have to submit to that. And when it told me, that, man, this is a good thing, I don't have to be afraid of it. Yeah. I don't have to run from it. I don't. I, if I just submit to God's Word, He's going to take care of everything yeah. else. Yeah, because otherwise it's, it's a, it feels mysterious, Sure. first of all, to, to sense that there's a call on your life. It's good that it can be practical enough where God's like, yeah, that's a good thing, chill. Yeah. But then the other part of that too, I think, is knowing that you don't have to feel shame. You've already felt so much shame. Yeah. Then to feel shame that God's calling you. Yeah. Like as though you don't belong and it's not for you and you must be misunderstanding God. That's, yeah. it's good to have the relief of that, to, to know that it's yeah. a good thing and that it's real. Yeah. Well, and, and for me too, Every bit of that, and to add to that, the Word of God freed me up to just follow God. Go to his, what He says is spiritual wisdom, spiritual knowledge, and just, man, just do that. Yeah. Because if you do that, the results are always up to God, and they're not up to me. So if so, if I, if I choose to do what God calls me to do, and it turns out bad, right? you know, which I think is very subjective. Sure. Well— Okay, God, <laughs> that that's a, that's you. Yeah. Take care of that. Yeah. And and if it turns out good, which I also think is subjective. For sure. Then that's God. Okay, so what at the end result, what is God trying to do through all the situations that I'm submitting to him in in the in the in the beginning to so what is what's going to happen? That's all up on on God's. I don't have to worry about the outcome. Right. When we were talking about, I wanted to have you on the show. I didn't know what we want, what we should talk about. Yeah, because there's a million things we could talk about. It's, yeah. God, it's God's word. It's the ministry. There's a million different directions we could go. And I was, well, what's on your heart? What have you been thinking about? Yeah, you mentioned that this topic was fresh on your mind. Yeah, because um, not only is it a part of your salvation story, yeah, but it's something that you've been thinking about and teaching and 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 um, and preaching, you know, with your own people and and things yeah. that you've been thinking about. So, what what made you want to choose this topic of of submitting to the authority, to the idea of of being beneath or underneath a headship or authority. I've been going through a Bible conference um, over the last couple of Sundays on the King James Bible and submit. And the Bible is the authority, and really hammering down that we have a perfect word. Yeah, and it is the final authority. And I talk about that, say that all the time. It's not me. It's not the pastors. It's not the deacons or any committee. The the authority of this church, whether we live it or or not, the the authority is the Word of God, period. Every problem in the world can be linked back to rebellion. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so think about it. The whole problem started with rebellion in the universe. The universal problem of sin started with rebellion. Satan rebelled. He wanted to be as God. Uh, and like the most high. And so what did he convince Eve to do? He convinced Eve, you know, to be at, hey, he don't want you to eat that because right. he knows in the, when you eat it, you're going to be as gods, yeah. no good and evil. So we fail. And so in our blood, we all have rebellion. And, you know, the theme of the Bible is the king and his kingdom. Yeah. Well, if there's a king and there is a king, a king of kings, he's Jesus Christ, and he is soon coming to establish his kingdom on this earth that that he already presides over in heaven today at the right yeah. hand of the Father. So the theme of the Bible is a king and his kingdom. Well, the devil's theme of the Bible is rebellion. Right. And you see it all throughout the pages, and, it, and it's not it's still not ceasing because we still have the problem. And yeah. so that's kind of why it's, it's, it's not just 
when we talked, it was prevalent because I'm teaching about the authority. But it's on my mind all the time because it's a daily process that I have to deal with. Yeah, we all. It's something we all struggle. Absolutely, struggle with, is is how to submit. So, and I, and I think you've done a great job already of just framing the idea that the the Bible is is our actual authority. But I don't think very many Christians, like if they're, you know, if they're not from the Living Faith Fellowship and they don't hear these things regularly. I don't know how many people actually understand that the Bible is their final authority and what that means. You know what I mean? That could be yeah. that could sound like a a foreign a foreign concept. Yeah. Um and so just for the sake of clarity, when you say that we have a final authority and it's God's word, explain exactly what that means in de- decisive terms. Would you not say I mean we say that so much or maybe it's just me I hear it that it, it becomes cliché for us to say that the Bible is the final authority. That, yeah, and maybe and maybe that's my concern is that it, yeah. we say it, we are so accustomed to saying it. Yeah, that, that we don't even think about what we're saying anymore. Right. We just amen it. Oh, I, I, you know, I believe that. Yeah. You know, one time I took a class and they told me it was the authority and they showed me in the Bible. So I believed it was my authority. So I've done, I already have that knowledge checked. There's, Let's it's move a, on. Like it's a custom or like a mental yeah. ascent, but, but the reality, the heart reality. I really believe that the reason that it's cliche with many of us is because we separate it from God himself. Mm -hmm. We separate the word of God from God. Hmm. God is the authority of the universe. Now, every Christian is going to say amen to that. God the Father, God the Son is the right hand. Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. But then when it comes to the word of God, who we say is the final authority— well, that's not God. No, right. we we believe it is, but we really don't yeah. live it, and we don't believe it, and there's a separation. I wouldn't spit in God's eye, but I'm not going to obey the Bible, and they're mm-hmm. not the, they're not the same thing. Well, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, because you can't separate God from His Word, and and you can look all through Scripture. One of the scriptures that uh, comes to my mind in the stories. Remember when Saul um, was commanded by Samuel. The word of the Lord came through the mouth of Samuel to tell Saul, hey, go and destroy the Malachites. Yeah, right. What did he do? He yeah. spared the king's life. It's really interesting what the Bible actually says about that when you, when you really look at it. And, and I, I want to read it because yeah, I don't want to get that wrong right here because this is, this is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and so he, he doesn't destroy uh, everything. And, and we all know that story, but... Do you, do you know what he says? He, he says in First Samuel chapter fifteen that Saul he spared what was good, mm-hmm. but he utterly destroyed that that was vile. Right. But he left what was good, which was the king and the livestock right. that eventually he's going to come back and offer uh, for a sacrifice. And so it it actually says in First Samuel chapter fifteen verse nine the word says that. Saul spared Agag and the best of the livestock, and, ch- and check this out. And all that was good and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refuse that they destroyed utterly. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's some of the time my problem is that in my life, I've got things that I have deemed good. It's not vile. Oh, Lord, no, there's no right. vile. Yeah. But I've got some good stuff that I need to destroy. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to utterly destroy the vile stuff and leave the good stuff. And that's rebellion. Yeah. Because God said destroy it all. Yeah. I mean, what you're saying is that submitting to God is circumstantial, right, for us. Yeah. So, like, we're willing to submit to God as our authority and his word as our authority yeah, to a certain degree. But at the point that it comes in conflict, what the Bible calls right comes in conflict with the things that I think are good. Yeah. Then suddenly I'm in a position where, well, um, let's not split hairs here. You know, God, that's a gray area. Yeah. That's, that's a little gray. <laughs> and but yeah. um, this does impact every aspect of our life, whether it's deciding what job to take. Yeah. Right. right. Or who to marry. Yeah. Or who to hang around, or what to do with our money, or how to raise our kids, or what to do on the weekend. I mean, 
how to be a good church member, you know, how to lead your church. Yep. Every, it, it, it's in every facet of life. And, and if you go on down and you read in that story in First Samuel, God calls it rebellion. Mm-hmm. And he does it in, in verse um, verse 23, for rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. Mm. That was his mistake. He God said what's good and what's evil. And he said, destroy it all. It's all evil. Yeah. And and he would not listen to the word of God that God spoke through the man of God into his heart, and he rebelled against. God said that's rebellion. Yeah. And so we we disassociate. Would if God Himself would have came down and said, Saul, here's what I want you to do. I wonder if Saul would have rebelled directly into the face of God. But since Samuel was telling him the word of God, yeah. yeah. But that's how he got the word of God back then. They didn't have, you know, sure. the canonized scripture that we right. have today. It was the exact same thing. No, and this reminds me too uh, of uh, Lazarus is in Abraham's bosom. Yeah. And the, and the rich man's calling out and saying, hey, look, someone go warn, someone go warn my brothers. Yeah. Lazarus, listen, if you can just, if you, right? Right. But, but the message back was, look, they denied the prophets. Yeah. I sent my word. I, I sent my word. Exactly. They had everything. That, my word was sufficient yeah. for them to respond, and they chose convenience. Yeah. They, they, they chose what they thought was good. Right. And, uh, and, I, and we have the fulfilled word of prophecy in, in, in Christ and in his, in his finished word, John chapter 1. I mean, we have yeah. a completed word, and if we aren't willing to obey it as the authority, you're right. I mean, we're... We're in trouble. We're trading. We're trading uh, away right for good. Have we have we seriously settled that you cannot separate God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit from the Word of God? That that's the thing that every one of us have to ask every day yeah. of our lives. If we're going to say the Bible is the Word of God and that is the final authority. Mm-hmm. It's because of who we believe God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost is. Right. And, and since we believe that it, that is the Godhead, which is the authority of the universe, He's given that authority through His Word. We, when we don't submit to the Word of God, we're rebelling against God Himself. Yeah, yeah and Alan, Alan quoted it, um, uh, this passage just in our last meeting at, over, the, over the conference. He Psalm was saying, 138, Psalm, verse Psalm 138, yeah. where he's saying, look, my word is my my word is greater than my very name. Yeah. Right? And the power and the authority of the name of, of God is is so incredible. Yeah. Right? That that at his very name, mm-hmm. you know, uh nations bow their knee. Yeah. And he's saying that my word, right? The 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 scriptures, the words that I have I have given to you, I've disseminated to you, are greater than my my yeah. very name. That's an that's an incredible um, reality that we have to understand. We have to understand. We have to get that. So if we resolve ourselves to believing that the Godhead directs us through the written word of God that He's given to us, and it is the final authority, well, why do I have a problem with following it? Why do I have a problem obeying it? Why I'm Man, let's just do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have to make another choice for the rest of my life except to choose to do what it says. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm a simple kind of guy. That's as simple as I can get. Maybe I oversimplify things sometimes, but I mean, for me, I think that that's just that's where I've got to be. If 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 it is if if God's word if and God is the authority, what He says, do that. Yeah, I think you you mentioned this earlier, but I think in a spiritual economy, mm-hmm. uh, obeying's always good for you. Mm-hmm. You use the word you felt liberated. Yeah, right? there was suddenly li- li- you felt liberty in your relationship with God at the point of obedience. Yeah, and I think that's the point. That's the thing that maybe we miss is that is that we're not saying it isn't hard, mm-hmm. but that's you mentioned that's subjective anyway. Right, we're not saying there's not going to be good or bad or whatever. None of that really matters. What matters is ultimately 
does it bring peace to know that you're doing what God's asking you to do? Yeah. And so I want to ask this question because I think it's important. So how does grasping this concept affect the identity of the believer? Mm -hmm. So when they get this, what are the the ramifications for their life? And and how does how does their I- very identity begin to change at the point that they understand that there's a final authority and that there is a thing called there is a thing as such as headship mm-hmm. where there's an authority structure that the word of God even puts in place. Yeah. Because now you got to deal with the fact that the Bible tells you that that you got a pastor. Yeah. And a husband and a wife has a husband. And there are elders and there, there are people that you're supposed to, to entreat yeah. and entreat with double honor. And there's, there beca- unfolds a structure in God's word where authority is kind of around every corner. When God spells that out through his word, he's addressing the ultimate sin issue mm-hmm. in every person's life. That Whether they're an unbeliever or a believer, it's in our blood uh, of sin that we have. Uh, of of that rebellion, yeah, and so he is trying to to put us in under his authority in, in every step of the way. But we have we have government. Mm-hmm. We God's ordained that. Yeah, there 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 is no leader in this world that's not ordained of God. Now you know the the, the home. You mentioned that. I mean, there is a husband, but the husband's got to submit to Jesus Christ. Yep. So everybody, it, your job, you have an employer, and we go through this in discipleship mm-hmm. one. There's a whole lesson on yeah. all of this stuff, and and so God is trying to help us through. I, I I believe through the Word of God and through all of this teaching that He's given us on that to understand that submission is the ultimate goal for our life. That we need to be in submissive to submission to Him, because there is no authority given in earth or in heaven that doesn't come from the authority, the yeah. ultimate authority. Yeah. And so since it all started with rebellion, he's trying to get rid of rebellion, to be conformed into the image of Christ. Look at Jesus Christ's life. If I'm if I'm gonna if God's trying to conform me into that image, right. he was submissive. He was willing to give up his will for the Father's will. He was willing to be submissive mm-hmm. to the Father. He was God. Yeah. And he is God. Yeah. And yet he gave up his will to be submissive to his father's will. Right. It's um, a powerful, powerful scripture um, that that God gives to us in Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Let every Mm -hmm. soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. And so when we see Jesus Christ in his life, if we're to be conformed into his image, then then we know from his life, his mm-hmm. own words, that nobody took his life. He gave it. Yeah. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Yeah. He submitted not, his life. Not my will. Exactly. But yours be done. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. We're going to pause right here for just a second so we can hear from one of our students from the Living Faith Bible Institute. Hi, my name is Sierra Schaefer, and I'm currently in Tampa, Florida, a part of the work um, the Lord's doing at Living Faith Tampa. And I'm enrolled in LFBI classes um, and have been for a few years. LFBI has allowed me to grow in God's Word in a deeper way than I ever have before and has held me accountable to the Word of God. I'll reread passages I have a billion times before and always learn or see new things because of what I'm being taught and what I'm receiving through the teaching of God's Word. And it has helped in leading Bible studies and discipling and investing in girls uh, who need to grow deeper in the Word of God. If you are a growing disciple or just want to learn more about God's Word, I would encourage you to sign up for classes and just be willing to give your time to be able to give an answer to anyone who asks. And that's one of the greatest ways LFBI has helped me is just to have an answer and to hold myself accountable and know that God's Word is the foundation. And so I would encourage you to sign up. To enroll for classes, visit lfbi.org. To support LFBI, please visit lfbi.org slash support. And now back to the show. 
I think it's really interesting too. You're mentioning, you know, that, that, that Satan's objective is rebellion, and we're talking about Christ and, and him submitting to to God. And I found this to be a really interesting truth, and I heard it preached on recently. I can't remember where, but the idea that that at the temptation, when uh, Satan was presenting Christ with all these options, yeah, that ultimately what he was doing there was subverting the order of authority because right. he was offering things that basically already belonged to Christ, but they weren't his appointed time. Yeah. Like from Christ's perspective, well, all those things will actually eventually be mine. And, and yes, I don't, I don't, I don't submit to you. I submit to the word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I, I'm, I, I've got another authority. I've got another power. I have, I have another will that I'm subject to. Yeah. As and, it is written. As it is written. Yeah. And I think that that's such a powerful idea is that, is that Christ understood authority and he even understood the timing of authority, like the, the idea of promotion as that happens in, in due time yeah. is a principle that we talk about in terms of ministry, that, right. that if you want to be promoted, that's going to happen at God's appointed time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's another aspect of authority that we just seem to struggle with. Yeah. So for instance, if you take the Ten Commandments, every one of those things that God tells us not to do, thou shalt not are selfish. Don't, do, don't be selfish. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. That's exactly what he's saying. Follow me. Don't have any other gods but me. Yeah. Submit to me and don't follow yourself. Galatians chapter 5, the works of the flesh, every one of them are selfish Mm -hmm. or self-promotion. But you look at the the spirit, the spiritual fruit there in Galatians chapter 5, and everything is is not about you. Yeah. It's about surrendering yourself to Christ and others. And so... God is is helping us to understand that this submission is bringing out fruit for His name, and, and it's and it's going to promote Him to the to everybody around us, which is going to be what's good for us and yeah. good for Him uh, to bring glory to His name. When we're in the body of Christ, in Ephesians chapter five, right before we get into the picture of the mystery of the uh, the church and mm-hmm. its relationship to Christ, yeah. we have. Submit yourselves one to another. You're right. You know, and that's the body of Christ. That's the church that he's talking about. That's yeah. not just husbands and wives. That's all of us that call ourselves Christians, that's called on the name of the Lord for salvation. So it helps me to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Be who God wants you to be. It's liberating to help other people be free in ministry. It's God's plan for my life. Yeah. Rebellion, it, it takes away God's plan for my life, and therefore, it undermines God's plan for His church. Mm, that's good. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says that God gave gifts to the church. And since I'm a pastor, I always love to point out that I'm such a gift <laughs> given by God to the church, according to His Word. Now, the Bible's the authority. True. <laughs> so true. Exactly. <laughs> But he did. He gave gifts and pastors, teachers. Yeah. That is a gift for the perfecting of the saints. Yeah. So if if I'm not doing my job of walking in the spirit, which is God's plan for my life, then I can't help the church be what it's supposed to be, which is God's plan for the church. And part of that is me submitting to my pastor. Mm-hmm. And and part of that is me submitting to you, my brother, mm-hmm. my sister, yeah, the per the ten people in the pew sitting next to me, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And I think, but here's the difficult thing: mm-hmm. when we talk about this, um, it it does seem very straightforward. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It yeah. seems like it seems like a simple thing to do. It seems yeah. like okay, well, all right, so I'm not obeying and I'm not under the okay. I just need to start submitting. I just need to start, you know, practicing authority in my life. Understand the, my order in, in in God's plan. Yeah. But you know, when you're in church and it's body life, mm-hmm. um, I think it's really subtle. The rebellion thing is a really subtle thing because it can happen in yeah. the quiet of your heart. It can happen while you're sitting in a pew, and you you maybe you don't even recognize what's going on, mm-hmm. but you can think a thought. Uh, you can. Um, you can refuse refuse to do this or that. You can avoid even mm-hmm. av- basic like like avoidance, avoiding another brother in Christ, or avoiding a responsibility that's been delegated to you, or yeah. or 
there's all these ways in which hu human beings are complex and they find really creative ways to rebel and they like to justify these things mm -hmm. and it keeps them from acknowledging the fact that they're in rebellion. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what, what are some ways that believers can recognize that they're rejecting authority in their life, whether it be the word of God or the structures that the word of God gives us for authority? Mm. We're not as subtle as we think we are. Yeah. Now to go back kind of what you said, like in our heart, uh, you know, our, our, our flesh is very deceptive and re rebellion is, is a little bit different because when we know when we're not being submissive. Yeah. I, I know when I'm not loving Christ and, and therefore it's bleeding over into my marriage and I'm not loving my wife. Because the real problem is not me loving my wife. The problem is me loving Christ. Yeah. If I've got a problem loving my wife as Christ loved the church, I really got a problem with loving Christ more than I got a problem with loving my yeah. wife. And, and obviously there are hypotheticals and everything that we could throw on the table. Yeah. And there's real life situations too that would cause problems in marriage. The what ifs that Christians get bogged down into to cop out. From doing yeah. the right thing, yeah, that's that's and and that's they're right. real, they're real every, because we're dealing with sinful people. But at the end of the day, is the word of God our authority? Yeah. And I I like what you're saying because it makes me think the the real question is is our convictions right? Yeah. And if our convic if our convictions aren't right, it's because we don't submit to Christ and we don't know Him, right? So yeah. like so if there's a problem with authority in any other aspect of our at our job in our workplace, yeah, the way that we see the government the way that we submit at church to our pastor or the, our brothers and sisters in Christ. If there, if there is a lack of conviction in the way that we treat people, it's because at the end of the day, we haven't begun by properly understanding our, our authority as Jesus. All the other roles yeah. of the delegated authority, if you will, stem from whether or not we have a healthy yeah. fear and love for God. Yeah. So if I right now started punching, took my fist and started punching myself in the eye. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or I didn't I, expect that the illustration would go that direction. It, it, it's, we're getting kind of violent okay, yeah, right in, in this segment of the postscript. <laughs> and if I took my hands and started ripping off my ears. Oh my gosh. You would call the law. You would call 911 and have me locked up and, yeah. and put in a mental ward. That's There's true. obviously something wrong with me. Who does that? Yeah. That'd be bad. That would have repercussions for the for the entire fellowship. It would, it, yes. <laughs> it would be very bad, would it yeah. not? Yeah. It, it would cause ripple, like you yes. said, it would cause ripple effects throughout the entire fellowship. Yeah. So what does the scripture say? That the hands mm -hmm. and the feet yeah. and the eye and the ears are. We're all members yep. in the body of Christ. And so... It, when we don't treat one another, when we don't submit to one another as Christ tells us to, yeah, which is ultimately submitting to Him, then that's what it looks like, yeah, and that's what Satan wants, mm -hmm. and and it looks like anti Christ, yeah, because what does God say that we are? We are the body of Christ, yeah, fitly joined. And, and, and so here's the disassociation that I think is in the hearts of a lot of Christians mm -hmm. when they cause division in the church, when they're not willing to submit to their brother and, and sister in Christ, when they're not willing to esteem others better than themselves and walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. They think that they are punching themselves in the eye. They think they're ripping their ears off, but it's not our ears and it's not our eyes. And it's not our hands. It's Christ's body, yeah. not our body. Mm -hmm. And when you do that in a church, all you, you're just thinking of the word church, and you're not biblically applying yeah. the body. You're doing that to Christ. Yeah. But we, again, we disassociate the Word of God from the person of God so much that we're not willing to submit fully to just what we read. So either we have a reading problem or we have an obedience problem. Yeah. Yeah, what you're saying reminds me of, you know, um, when Paul persecuted the church and he meets Christ on the road to Damascus, what's, what's Christ say? Mm. He's, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. Yeah. 
Jesus took it as an offense against himself mm-hmm. when Paul was persecuting his church. It was his, Christ saw this as his body. Yeah. And when you persecute the church, you persecute me. Yeah. Well, how much worse is it for Christ when someone within the body who should be a part of the body, who should be fitly joined, who should be nurturing the body, mm-hmm. is, re- is rebelling against the whole? Exactly. It's, it's an even greater offense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then it would be if it was someone from the outside. Mm-hmm. We expect that, right? Sure. But man, from within the body of Christ, I just, I just imagine that Christ can't be pleased with that. But yet we do it. So what, what counsel would you give the believer who recognizes a spirit of rebellion? Like in themselves, mm-hmm. like okay, maybe that's been subtle, but or maybe they're saying, "Man, I just was overtly wrong." Like, what do you get? What do you give the person uh, counsel? You give the person that that wants to make that right. Where do they begin? Yeah. Where do they begin? Just admit it. I mean, that's you got to start with. Just recognize that that it's wrong. Recognize that this is where I'm at, and I need help. I need help from God to get this right. And just trust him for the outcome. And and really, you know, some of the times we don't want to do that because we have to live by faith. Mm-hmm. We have to give ourselves to something that's out of our control. And so what we do is, you know, I've offended you. I don't want to submit to you and say, I'm sorry, because I don't know how you will respond. When it, God, it's not about how you respond. Right. It's yeah. about me being right with the Lord and just making it right with you. Yeah. How you respond is out of my control. Right. Is it a scary thing to make make amends with someone? Absolutely. It, or at least it is for me. And and I sure don't like, you know, saying I'm sorry and saying I'm wrong all the time. Yeah. You know, so, but the outcome, man, that's God. And, and it really goes back to when God called me into the ministry, really even back before that, when God, um, when I received Christ as my Savior. I'm just going to submit to you. And I'm going to just trust you with the outcome. I think I've done a bad enough job controlling my life. I'm Mm -hmm. going to give up all control so that a better outcome will come out of this. I'm just going to trust you, Lord, that whatever it is, then, hey, that's what's going to come out. So just recognize, number one, and then just walk by faith. Just believe God is going to take care of it. Do you believe the promises of God? It's easy to believe that and say we believe that. It's another thing to walk in that. Right. And just walk it out and yeah. trust God for the outcome. It's it's not easy, but that would be my first counsel is, you know, don't live in denial. Definitely don't gloss it over. Recognize it for what it is. Turn to the Lord. Ask for forgiveness and then just make it right. And yeah. His Word tells us how to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, so anytime that you're faced with rebellion, submit. Yeah. Humble yourself. And he will lift you up. Yep. Right. So, um, that's basically is pretty simple. Yeah. And I think if we're honest, a a lot of us, you know, who have been well-meaning in our ministry and have thought we've been, we've been obedient, Mm -hmm. but we have, we haven't, um, we know that Lord's telling us something. There's Mm -hmm. a conviction that's coming from his word. Yeah. It could be that you're supposed to go on the mission field or that you're you're I'm calling you to be a church player yeah. and you're putting it off, right? Your your um your lack of of submission to that has been maybe subtle in your life, you know, yeah. prolonging the inevitable or the thing that got that's that's a form of rebellion. Yes. Or it could be as strong as a contention in the church or sure. or but all these things are small ways in which we we deny God what belongs to him. Yes. And they need to be dealt with. Yes. It requires confession. Absolutely. Yeah. If we could just get back to the king and, and not wait for the second coming to him, for him to establish his kingdom. Mm-hmm. His kingdom is right here, right now, the kingdom of God, and it is within us. Yeah. It's now. He's worthy now of all power, all praise, all glory, all honor, because he is the final authority. Yeah. And we just need to be good subjects and surrender our lives. I think that answers everything. Yeah. It's not, it's easy to say it's hard to live, but 
it is the answer. Yeah. But I think like you said, you know, with your testimony, it begins with recognizing who he is in a, in a moment and then being able to go back to that and, and remember who, remember who he is, remember who he is, remember who he is and stay close to him. But, yeah. you know, when we stray, we get distant, we, we forget, we forget and we forget that he is the King of Kings. We're all prone to rebel, to go a different direction, to repent of our repentance. And we just need to remember, we got to stay close to the King. Yeah. Stay in the word, stay close to him. Like you said, pray, read, sounds simple. It is simple. And, but it's the answer. It's the answer. Mm -hmm. Bro, I love you, man. I love you too. Thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for letting me be on today. This has been good for me. It's been good for me to be reminded again. I appreciate it. Yeah. And we want to thank you. And we pray that this show is an encouragement to you and that, that you've been strengthened and edified. Now, I know this was kind of a challenging episode uh, to talk about rebellion and, and talk about issues of the heart. But look, we got to be honest with ourselves. We all struggle with this and uh, we can be called out and we can be um, mission minded and we can know the book. But oftentimes uh, we're so focused on the work of the ministry and uh, obsessing with what we're supposed to do that we forget about who we are and uh, what our position uh, uh, with, uh, you know, in light of who God is and, uh, and in light of his church and so we need to fear the Lord and get back to a place where we're willing to humble ourselves and prefer and esteem other people greater than ourselves. And so keep that in mind. And I pray it's challenging to you, but we love you. We're grateful for your time. We're grateful for the time you've spent with us t- today. If you're interested in growing in your leadership, uh, if you're interested in the pastorate, if you're interested in missions, if you're interested in uh, extending your discipleship while you stay in your local church and serve and get invested in and 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 grow in ministry, uh, check out lfbi.org. Um, our objective is to come alongside and supplement the work of local churches. And so if that interests you and you desire to grow in your knowledge of God's word, uh, come hang out with us, learn about who we are, lfbi.org. With all that said, uh, we hope to see you again next week for another episode of The Postscript. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Postscript. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating and review in order to help other people find our podcast. If you value this show, please help us continue creating content by supporting Living Faith Bible Institute at lfbi.org support.